Welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host KB, and I would like to introduce you to industry professionals and people who successfully made their path to the video game industry. I hope that you enjoy the podcast and get useful tips that will bring you closer to achieving your dreams. Now, let's get right into the podcast. Yeah, of course. Um, I work in my own company. Uh, it's called Helio Vision. Um, I founded it um, three years ago, almost now. Um, and what we do is we help actually other robot integrators to implement vision systems to their robots. So we really okay. focus on the vision aspect, um, mm -hmm. being quality control or uh, picking, uh, pick and oh, place wow. with robots, but camera supported. Uh, and we help other guys set up their robots with these cameras. Gotcha. So you come up to the, the roboticist and you're like, hey, why don't you add a camera to the system and make it smarter? Exactly. Right? Although most, most of the time it's actually the way around. They, they get stuck on a problem or, or the client really requesting for them to have a camera. Mm -hmm. And then they contact us because they could use some help on that. And they don't have that much experience most of the time. Yeah. Uh, that's when we come in. So do you have a, like a technical team? that like you you actually integrate the, the cameras into their systems or do you just provide the, the hardware for them and then they go about doing the, uh, the development? No, so we, we are two other uh, guys, so we're three in total. Um, and we definitely help them integrate the cameras into the system because most of the time communication has to be set up. Mm -hmm. uh, and depending on the robot brand, this is every time it's kind of different. So. Yeah. In that way, we, we always have to do some engineering or some support. Um, awesome. Mm -hmm. So are you, would you consider yourself an engineer? Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I graduated here in Leuven in, uh, in Belgium as, a, as an engineering um, in, um, how do you say, it? mechanics. mechanics. Okay, like a mechanical engineer? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's go like, to the beginning. When did you get started with like, robotics? Was that a thing you like enjoyed when you were younger or started more like in high school, college? Well, actually, um, when I was really young, like uh, seven, eight years old, I was really into robotics uh, and really like yeah, being a kid, building them with uh, mm -hmm. Lego and that kind of stuff. Yeah, awesome. Uh, but then in high school, actually, I kind of completely got out of it. Uh, and then when I went back to you, when I was in university uh, in my fourth uh, year there, we started building a robot for a project and suddenly you know, mm -hmm. I got it again. <laughs> oh, <of course. laughs> you were like, this is it. This is what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. And, that's all, and then you went on to get your bachelor and your master's, right? Yeah, exactly. And then in my master's, I uh, had the opportunity to choose a topic of my master's thesis myself. So I proposed to do it around collaborative robots, uh, which yes. were quite new back then. Um, mm -hmm. And I got the chance to get my hands on a collaborative robot and on a camera, uh, which was at that time a Pickett uh, 3D vision system. Uh, and that's actually how I really got the connection, like, whoa, if we add cameras to these robots, everything will be much more flexible and will be mm -hmm. much more easy to automate, actually, once, you know, you have a different kind of parts that you want to make every day right. in, day out, then you really need to add vision. And that's when, yeah, things came around a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> wow. So to get a little technical here, when you integrate the, the, uh, the cameras, are you doing traditional computer vision, like image processing, or are you doing uh, some like deep learning with you know, taking images, doing some training on a model, and then integrating that piece, or do you do both? Well, uh, actually, I would say we do three categories of vision systems. Okay. So the first one, I would say, is the what we call off-the-shelf vision systems. Um, we have um, some uh, deals with um, brands like Photoneo, 
Pickett, uh, and also Sensopart, which is two division. And these cameras, it's really, you know, everything is already configured inside. You just have to, it's the kind of smart camera thing where you, you just have yeah, to make some settings, right? Yeah, they have their own software, right? right? It's, have yeah. you heard of uh, Cognex? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, another yeah. brand we okay. sometimes use. Yeah. Perfect. So that's that's the first category we do, and that's the most easy one, let's say, uh, in that way that integration mostly takes only a few days. Mm-hmm. And then I make the two other categories, which we call custom vision. Uh, one is the more traditional way, working with uh, Halcon. I don't know if you heard of that. It's kind of yeah. a vision library we use. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one is then using uh, artificial intelligence, actually. So that's uh, the third part. And what I see now is there's a lot of interest in that third region of deep learning and artificial intelligence, but mm. to find a good case where you can really say like, okay, in this way, it makes sense now to use artificial intelligence. That's not so easy. You know, not, not every client we pass really needs artificial intelligence. Right. Most of the times it can, it can get solved without actually. Yeah, I can, I can see your point there for sure. So uh, to give you some background, I'm not sure. I know you said you listened to a podcast or two of ours. But right yeah. now we're actually in the middle of a um, what we're calling a growth series. Mm-hmm. So we're we're really focusing on um, interviewing people and uh, interviewing ourselves about uh, you know how we can grow, how we can improve upon ourselves, our our journey along that path, and then of course you know getting introspective on it. So uh, with that being said, uh, I kind of want to know um, you know you the the growth tactic that you like to integrate in your life because it seems like you've been an entrepreneur. You know, you've gone out and you know taken that extra initiative to make things happen for yourself. What's been the motivation behind that, if there is one? Yeah, well, I think when we go into the, like deep motivation, which which really um, makes me wake up every day and really want to do my job, is mm-hmm. um, going in local factories here around Belgium and the Netherlands and really helping them improve their um, manufacturing cycle. You know, feeling yeah. that we can have an impact and, and they can still keep up competition with other countries, with other competitors because of automation and because of new technologies. I think the, the idea that innovation can really make a difference for a company is really what really gives me a thrill, you know? Wow. Yeah. I, have to say I agree with you on that aspect. It's uh, <laughs> kind of the best feeling in the world, right? Yeah, indeed. Well, that's a big moment. Like I need to fix the factories in Belgium and make them more efficient, better. Now, how how did we get there? How did you start off being like, I wanted to do robotics as my thing. I want to grow into this. I want to become the best that could be inside my business. Like what started that? Well, I guess one of the things that um, really came to me while I was doing actually this master thesis was I was visiting some companies back then and I was already uh, noticing like, there are a lot of different uh, levels in which you can be working in automation. Some companies I visited, they had hundreds of robots applied and, and really, yeah, almost a full automated factory. And mm-hmm. others I came in and it was really hard to even find the basic PLC there, you know? It's really, <laughs> they were still at, at level one, you know? Yeah, and and wow. seeing these differences really motivated me like, wow, there is so much work to be done yet in this sector, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So when um so now you have uh, I'm guessing throughout your thesis and then following college, you you built up like a a network of you know p- contacts for being able to go into these factories and stuff like that. Because to me, you know, if I if I, it seems like if I wanted to do what you do, I can't just walk in the front door of a factory and say, hey man, let me uh, help you out or whatever. But so how did that get started? How did you get your foot in the door? 
Well, it was really difficult, uh, and I'm still struggling with it. It's um, yeah. w- one thing that helps, of course, is having good partners because they can introduce you at some places. You, the guys mm-hmm. from Piquet, the guys from Fotonio, mm-hmm. um, th- they trust me because okay, we have a kind of connection there, mm-hmm. and then they can introduce me sometimes to to factories and say, hey, let's have a talk with Emil because maybe he can help you out. Right. Uh, Did you and another thing that? that really helped me is actually also the way you guys found me is being very active on LinkedIn and showing mm. people just what we do, sometimes it just attracts also the right people to to you, you know? They right. contact you and they say, hmm, I see you posting interesting stuff, maybe this can be something for us, and then you get talking, of course. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And, and you worked with uh, Pickett 3D, right? Yeah, a lot, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. What did you do for them? Well, um, they were, uh, it was almost two years ago, and they were really... Um, like broadening their perspective because they were very much focused on automation at that mm. time. Uh, on Sorry, on the automotive market, not automation, but uh, automotive market. So in a lot of car factories, actually. And they wanted to know, like, is logistics something for us? Uh, can we can we do something for the DHL or uh, what, whatever, TNT, that kind of companies? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did a kind of... Um, market research uh, job for them as a freelancer where we I went to just I tried calling and I tried visiting a lot of logistic companies and showing them what Pickett can do with boxes what they can do with uh, bags and that kind of stuff to depalletize or palletize stuff yeah. uh, but actually what came to what was a conclusion of that uh, market research that I did for six months for Pickett was that Logistics is really a difficult business to tackle. It's it's not like auto, with automotive, you really see the cases that are just in front of you when you enter the factory. With logistics, it's much more complicated than that. So actually, the, the outcome of that was that Pickett should just focus on his main target market as this right now. Really? <laughs> yeah. what, what kind of logistics were the issue? Like... Uh, for an example, what do you mean? So you're saying like the logistics of of implementing in like Picket 3D inside of an automation industry. Um, that those were like the issues. But what about the logistics were the issues? I guess I'm just confused on that point. Yeah. So the most logistic companies I visited are uh, very centered around storage, and they they're really good at uh, getting inbound goods, storing them at the right position, and then pulling up one uh, package from this whole pallet, taking mm-hmm. it back to, and then sending it again uh, off. Okay. To, out- okay. to automate that, you need a really completely automated warehouse before you even can start picking this box from this pallet, mm-hmm. you see? So there's I a see. kind of step that has to be scope. taken first before you can even start picking the objects. I got you, I got you. So it's just, yeah, you, you can't just plug in that one piece of automation and make it all work exactly. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. So how did you start your business? Was it something like kind of easy? You're like, oh, I'm just going to do, you know, all this automation stuff at the factories? Or you were like, I'm not sure I want to start, but I see this problem and I kind of want to get going with that. Well, after I did the, the freelance job uh, for Pickett, and that was also the time I was also doing a freelance job for another um, very big supplier in Antwerp. Um, and I was actually Pickett uh, proposed me. Yeah, you can come and work here. We'll give you a you know full time contract here. But I was I was doubting about that because I felt mm-hmm. like hmm, I like the the freelance kind of thing, being my yeah. own boss. It's, yeah, it, the, the entrepreneur in me just said like, nah, this isn't a good way to go. <laughs> and then uh, one of the guys at Pickett, um, who was the manager back then, he offered me like, okay, but you can also be the distributor. You know, you can be mm-hmm. and. Okay. and another party to work with. And that actually gave me the click like, okay, then I start my business 
with Pickit as the first brand, but I want to mm. broaden my perspective. And I, and in the coming months, years, I started gaining other brands as, as a re representative for them or as a distributor. And in that way, it kind of actually, I'm, uh, how do you say this? I own this guy a lot because he gave me that opportunity to just get started. Right. Wow. That's yeah, beautiful. pretty much set you up right away with the first client. It was like, here you go. We need your services. Just make your business and help us out. Thank now, f for I have a good question. So how has a failure or anything that you didn't go right for you helped lead you towards success? And do you have like a favorite failure of yours? Oh, <laughs> I have a few. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, one, one really big one for me was um, a client. Let's not... Uh, get his name there, but yeah. he, he had me for a few meetings and we talked about the vision system on his robots. Um, and, and there was a really connection and we were really like, yeah, we can do that and we can solve this and we can solve that. So there was a lot of enthusiasm at the moment. The sale got through, he bought the systems and the oh, moment no. we start implementing them, he really crashes into it, you know, he gets stuck completely. And I then I realized no. like, I've been too optimistic with this guy. I've been, tell we were both just, too enthusiastic about this instead of really getting to reality at a certain point in the sales process mm -hmm. and then yeah things turned bad you know there even at a few at a, at a moment there were some lawyers involved luckily it didn't got through and we managed to set the system up in production everything ended well but that made me realize that you can be enthusiastic to clients or to, with other technical guys but at a certain moment, you also really have to come down to the reality of it and, and, and tell people it's not going to work the first hour we install this, not even the first day. We'll still have yeah. a few days work, yeah, even with a the most easy vision system. <laughs> Dang. Wow. Sounds like a mess. But yeah, it, you can learn a lot from those situations. And I agree with you that being too enthusiastic or optimistic doesn't work a lot when when it's not the reality of things. It's like, yeah, we're awesome. We have a client. We're going to get the systems ready. But like, hey, it's going to take a week. Is that cool with yeah. you? And if not, then like, it's just not going to work. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you said you have many failures. Do you have another one? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to okay, I have one another more. good one for Let's you. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> this one is, uh, is also one I can uh, advise everyone who's doing technical stuff. Uh, for, for clients. This was a job we had for an end client and he wanted a, a Halcon vision system. So a really custom specified vision system uh, we developed for him actually almost from the ground. And we had the, the spec sheet set up, you know, it was a, a document, I think eight pages or so, all the specs that it had to have, what it had to do, etc. We set it up exactly like that and we realized this isn't working. So I emailed the client and I told him like, okay, all the uh, prerequisites that you gave us, all the things you said that would work like this with your product, it doesn't seem to work like that. I think we're, we started off with the wrong information from your side. And instead of answering that email, he called me and he said, yeah, I know we messed up, you know, it, 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 it was wrong and we were wrong. Can you fix this for us? And of yeah. course, I was really enthusiastic because like, <laughs> hey, the guy is taking it good and he wants me to fix it. So I told him, we will fix it. I have a way, I think. But it will take us, I don't know, four, five, six days more of development. Is that okay for you? And mm -hmm. on the phone, he agreed like, yeah, five, six days development. No problem. You just fix this. Uh, so we did. System went into production. Everything was fine. And then I sent him the bill for these five or six extra days. <coughs> yeah, things, things turned out bad. So then he, then he suddenly said like, we'd never agree to this. We're not going to pay this, etc." And oh, in the meantime, of course, this problem was fixed. So what could we do? Should we put the system back offline? I mean, that yeah. would also be 
scumbag move to make, you know? So. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, it is true that you have to, like, confirm, I guess, payment for a lot of people. They're like, oh, you can fix it, but it's going to cost more? Oh, no, I don't want that. Yeah. So it's just, and you don't really know that because you think, oh, they would just be okay with it. But not a lot of people well, with money. Yeah. <laughs> but still, money, people get very, you know. Yeah, development yeah. isn't easy <laughs> and it's not cheap either so yes, like, <laughs> and if you give us the wrong information from the get-go you can you better know that you're going to pay us some more <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah and then at the of course in the end you look at all the emails because you just want to prove your point that he said this and you really can't find a letter stating that you just know it was only the phone no. calls yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah you learned your lesson there i guess <laughs> oh man that's crazy that's awesome. Okay, yeah. so give us a, a world view of what success is. What would you say your personal definition of success is? My personal definition of success, I think one of the most important things for me is when, when an operator or an engineer really on the ground at the factory comes at me a few months after it's been set into production and he just pats me on the shoulder or he says like, I really like what you did here. You know, because in the, in the first few days when things are running, mostly they're not smooth, but sometimes they even are. But even then, it, it all feels like, oh, this is new. Wow, wow. But what I like more is like when you visit after five or six months, everything's still running fine. And then some, some operator, some guy working there, he comes to you and he says, man, you really did an improvement. That, that's for me, that's the biggest reward you can get. Yeah. Uh, and I had, I had one guy particularly, which I re remember very good, he's called Mark. Um, and he was an operator, I think he was 60, 62 years old. So really like going to the end of his uh, career at the, at the company. Um, and when he first saw me coming in, he was, no way, robots with vision, please don't tell me. I, I, he really didn't <laughs> want to hear the new thing. He just wanted to retire in a few years. Uh, and, and I met him recently, I think it was only a month ago. And he came to me and he said, man, my job really got better thanks to you. So that, that was really, uh, for me, that's one of the major successes really. Oh yes, impact and yeah, like what you're doing difference. impacts other people. That's important. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you need to constantly be doing things every day, or do you just work on your like craft? And, I, and, like, do I mean, you mean that, like if I, I study a lot to get in? Yeah, like, I mean, like, do you have this very like self-conscious thing where you're like, hey, like, am I doing a good job this week, today, this year, like, or do you just like I'm just wake up and try to help people? No, I, I really like. At least every two weeks, I try to evaluate myself as well and, and try to think about what have you been doing? Was this the right thing or the wrong thing? And when things get busy, this is difficult to find a moment to really mm -hmm. stand still and, and think about these things. Mm -hmm. But uh, I got in a coaching um, uh, with a, how do you say this, a trajectory really to, that helps you in a year to develop as, a, as an entrepreneur. And right. since then, I'm obliged to meet my uh, coach every two weeks for one hour so that really helps you know because that one hour it's setting the, I, I pay for it so i go there of course and mm -hmm. then you really have an hour to really sit there and and say oh, i fucked this up I, I messed <laughs> this up. okay how am i gonna do this better next time you know exactly <laughs> that seems to be a trend I, I think we've interviewed a couple people now that have um career coaches and it seems like that's kind of what it is it's just somebody to like you sit down and like no we're gonna get introspective you know, yeah. What did I do wrong? What did I do right? How can I improve? What are my goals? And I guess, like you said, yeah, when you're super busy, the, the odds that you do that on your own time is kind of low. Mm -hmm. It's low, yeah. 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 And also, too, you're emotionally attached sometimes, so you can't see it from the perspective the coach can't. 
So they see it from a different vantage point because they're not emotionally attached to what's happening. So they can call you out on it from a different perspective. So it's really so helpful. Yeah, it um, keeps you accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does keep you accountable. I also have another question. Um, far as coaching and doing things in your life, uh, what is your daily routine? Yeah, I'm daily interested routine. in this too. I must say for one. me, days really vary <laughs> yeah. a lot. You know, that there are days indeed when I just have some online meetings, but mostly then doing research or, or really just helping out clients, setting up systems that are more like at home days, let's say. Okay. But then I think 50 or 60% of the time, I'm just in my car driving to, to companies and, and just yeah getting the word out, you know, like, hey, this is what we can do for you or we can help you with that. Uh, and, and really, yeah, I'm a, I'm a lot on the road actually uh, mm-hmm. during the week. So do you prioritize, uh, I'm guessing you're the, are you the sole owner of the company? Yeah, for now. For now. So I'm, I'm sure you, I guess, prioritize um, sales and going out there and talking to companies over actually being the one developing the, the systems that you're building. Yeah, so you have like exactly. A tech, so you have a technical team that's doing that for the most part, and then you're just trying to get the word out. Yeah, that's a kind of the balance indeed that we have. Although uh, sometimes it, it it's really like stopping on the side of the road, opening up your laptop, and just trying to fix a thing yeah. right now. Really? <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. You better have a good internet. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, if, if I didn't uh, invent the hotspot, I would really be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a lifesaver. Now, when you started your business, did you have a tech team, or was it just you developing and doing sales? No, in the, that was indeed the start. Uh, and then I was doing mostly like the off-the-shelf uh, vision systems like I was talking about. So the, the technical development needed was also much lower. So in that way, I could handle it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also I had to let go a lot of clients because like, some things you can't fix with off-the-shelf vision systems. They're just not ready for this kind of applications. Mm-hmm. And that's when I met Tour, who is my, uh, my dearest technical colleague, let's say, uh, because he's... He's been working in this Halcon um, library for like 15 years now. Wow. So really, he has all the experience. You know, you show him a problem and he's like, ah, I can pull that with this and this and this. And then, yeah, it, things really <laughs> move fast. Since I've been working with him, it's now like one and a half year, I think. Uh, we've been a team and yeah, that's really great. Awesome. And then you awesome. said you only have three people total, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you guys are killing it, it sounds like. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> so... What would you, um, what advice would you give to other entrepreneurs just starting out? What's one um, thing that you would tell them to help them have a more successful launch? Well, first of all, the coaching, I really think uh, that's a a really big one, actually. Even Mm -hmm. if you, I think even the quality of the coach doesn't matter that much, as long as you have someone who indeed, as you said, who calls you out or who just challenges you with a few questions each week is already super valuable. Um... And another thing uh, I think is uh, start part-time because at the, at the moment when I was starting, it was also kind of a thing like that. I was still studying a bit. I was working a bit as a freelancer and then starting my own company. And this gave me actually a lot of peace of mind because, you know, if it fails, I still have other stuff and I'm not completely focused on this business. For me, this helped me a lot. Uh, I think if I would have just started and said, okay, 100% of my time is going to this company, then the the stakes were much higher, you know, and then maybe I wouldn't have this easily <laughs> between big brackets, but they have built this company as it is right now. Mm-hmm. Right. That's good advice. That's interesting because it's like the opposite of burn the bridges or 
It's more <laughs> just like burn the boats. It's just like you're like, you know what? I'm going to do it balanced. I'm going to do a little bit of my school and a little bit of work. And it worked out for you. And I think that I actually this moves into my next question is what advice should people ignore? What do you think? <laughs> exactly. There's some stuff you shouldn't, shouldn't take on. <laughs> well, what I, what I don't like, but I, I talk about it a lot with my girlfriend is like the guys who like you have to grind your way, you know, you have to go 100%, do nothing else but your company. Like, mm -hmm. I really don't <laughs> like that approach because I think you re you need a clear mind when you're working. So you can only have that if you still have some time off, if you still have some other activities or friends right. or whatever. If mm -hmm. you just go really all in from the first moment, I think you lose too much of perspective to, to make good calls. Right. It's kind of like oh, you get tunnel vision and you can yeah. wear yourself out. Yeah. yeah, you do. You will probably most likely burn yourself out because you have other areas of your life that you'll neglect and then yeah. <laughs> life won't be as joyful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's the point of it all, right? Why, why are you starting the business? Because you're looking for more joy. So why, yeah, why put all that effort in just to get like, yeah, like sad. It doesn't work out and you just put everything you had into it. Oh, man. So is it, is it true when Elon Musk says that entrepreneurship is like eating glass? Because, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, it can it can be tough. It's like, have you had days where it's just been like, wow, am I going to get out of this like dark time? Days. I, I've had weeks like that, even a month, weeks, I yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and also because at a certain moment, uh, I think this is also a spot where I am the last year is like already a lot like 10 20 customers are now depending upon me and and sometimes also even really asking me to my face like how sure can i be that this company will still be there in three or four years because i will still need support you know i will still maybe i have another problem that i want to tackle with you guys so mm -hmm. that that's actually one of the things that also uh, helps me then to move on is like okay, no, but these and these guys, they are kind of depending on me and I still like serving them or, or like helping them out. And then, then yeah, you know, you, you stay there because that's what you that's what you do it for as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I agree. I'm interested in um, how you go about, I know you said like you, you got to start in, uh, with Picket and you kind of got some connections there. But when you said you travel around and go to these different companies, do you set up an interview? Like, do you just cold call them and say, hey, this is what I do. I'd like to set up an interview, and or not an interview, but a meeting. And then you just show up? Or do you literally just go show up and say, like, I'm, I got all this cool stuff, and I think you guys could use it? Well, recently, I've been having a few people who were advising me to do that, actually. Uh, you know, uh, just the, the cold knock on the door and then just mm -hmm. walk in. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I've been doubting to try it now because I think... <laughs> For I think maybe it could work, but I haven't tried it, so can't tell you anything about that. Okay. Uh, but what I do a lot is um, some cold emailing uh, and and also uh, just LinkedIn messages. Pe okay. And most of the time, what I try to do is I try to inspire people first, and not just like hi there. I try to sell you something because yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah, but it never comes off right. When you show them some interesting stuff that's close to their business or you tell them about a similar company as theirs where you visited or where you saw a few things, that most of the times really works because people get inspired and then they want to know more. Uh, mm. Right. That's good advice. That's yeah, get them, get them interested first. Just try to <laughs> offer some, like, some, um, some incentive in the beginning. Don't even act like a salesman. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So how do you handle marketing then? 
or do you just do it through the emails? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like website, the the LinkedIn videos, uh, and and emails. So mm-hmm. marketing is really kind of small thing for me uh, at okay. the moment. Um, what I did try once, actually, <laughs> interesting to share to whoever is listening, is uh, I tried uh, real mail, you know, like sending them real a mail? letter. Yeah. When was this, a year ago, two years ago? Yeah, yeah, it was oh my six God. months ago. <laughs> so people were really going nuts about it. They were like, what the hell are you doing, man? It's 2020. You can't yeah. send real mail to a company. Uh, but actually, it kind of it kind of did the job. Uh, I think I sent out... Mm, 80 or 90 uh, letters uh, to to companies I thought that would be interesting in vision systems. And out of it, I think I got like 15 Skype calls and and five real life visits. So it's actually pretty okay. But the (laughs) thing about it is, it's so special in 2020 to receive some real mail that people really notice you. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, wait a minute, what is this? Okay. (laughs) And they look it up online. It's like they're pretty legit. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. I guess yeah. yeah I, I guess since now, yeah. I guess since it's out of trend, it's like you know what? It might actually work. It's kind of like the old things where they come back. Kind of like nowadays with new things, are, like old things are coming back into uh, into the hip, the cool, the trend. Yeah. yeah it's circulating <laughs> all over again. <laughs> so, what bad recommendations have you heard in your profession that you think people should avoid? Bad recommendations. Or like advice, yeah. I guess. Well, not advice. More like, like what people have told you to like go into, or people to message. Like, what are some things that just like didn't work out, and like people were like, "Yeah, you should do that." Well, one thing I've heard a million times, at least, is uh, you can be an entrepreneur if you haven't worked for a few years at a company. Mm. And and really, especially of course, when I just got started, people were like, "But you have no prior." knowledge you you didn't work first at a big tech firm you know what are you starting your business already mm-hmm. uh and and of course it it uh it destabilizes you a little bit every time you hear that uh but then yeah you have to counter that with some successes and also by just learning on the job is i think still the most valuable way to learn stuff mm-hmm. uh, and if this job is a freelance job or or it's a really you know full-time job i don't think the difference is that big as they say it is Mm-hmm. Um, like although to, probably yeah. I I am messing up a lot of stuff that I could have done uh, better if I first would have had a few years of experience in a in a big yeah. tech company. <laughs> I I'm not gonna <laughs> deny that. <laughs> yeah, but this is your like journey, this. you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe if you worked at the big tech, you would have never sent those mail, those letters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably not. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and you get more like independent control too, like. You get to do things how you feel you want to do them and explore like your own creative uh, intentions. And working for a big company, you wouldn't be able to do that all the time unless they gave you that free reign to do that. You have mm-hmm. to do it what their vision is and where they see the company going. Mm-hmm. But you could develop your own mission and whatever impact you want to have, which it seems like you're doing. So that's very awesome. Yeah, it's it's almost more authentic. Like it is, you know, yeah. you're not you're not taking things that worked for somebody else and using it as your own. You're you're building it from the ground up, which yeah, yeah. of course it might He's take being longer. innovative. Yeah, <laughs> you, might, you might make some mistakes, but that's what life's about. That's what entrepreneurship's about, right? Yes. And I see like though you said something that really stood out to me, and it's like you have to find your way along like while you're going, and that's a good trait to have like being adaptable and flexible for an entrepreneur is a very like um, resourceful skill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. 
I kind of want to touch back on you were saying you got some bad advice. Um, and I, so did you did you take on a lot of negativity while you were building out um, your business or getting it started for the first time or really in general uh, when it you know you're trying to do something on your own you think you have a good idea and then somebody comes in that hears what you're doing and they just like uh, I don't think that's a good idea and it and it hits you it hurts you you did you get a lot of that and how did you kind of react to it in a way that was beneficial to you because it seems like you know, you're doing well for yourself well I think I, actually mm, it, it, it didn't happen that much so I had like good long periods where I was just pretty confident and feeling that I was going somewhere and only like a few really like setbacks or, or uh, really critical people who just like try to destabilize me. Mm -hmm. So because of I had a kind of longer periods where I was stable, <laughs> it sounds weird to say that, but uh, yeah. I think that really helped me to grow into what the company has become right now. Um, because yeah. I think indeed if you if you meet a lot of these destabilizers every week or every day even, then I think it, it will become really hard. And in that way, it's maybe even a good uh, tip, but I don't know, maybe it's not, uh, to have just a lot of positive people around you when you're starting. And even if it's not completely true that they're positive, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. yeah. it, it, it will keep you going. Uh, right. And, and that's true, what yeah. matters, I think. Yeah, you want them to be honest, but you want them to encourage you too. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I have a really good question. I don't know if you struggle with this or not, but we all tend to. What would you do? You have this feeling where you're like proud of yourself, but then you feel like you need to work harder. And how do you get through that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah. we we actually just had a podcast on this. We were talking about how, like, literally, we one day we'll be very excited, and very happy about like the progress we made. And you know, we all kind of were running in different directions, trying to start our own things, and then. Uh, one day it will just get us where we're like we didn't accomplish as much as we wanted to. Mm. We kind of get we you know we don't get like depressed per se, but it's more like it, it eats away at you a little bit. Yeah. Like I stay up at two, you know I can't sleep at night. I'm like oh, I just didn't do what I I thought I could achieve today. And I kind of get hard on myself, and I guess we're wondering if if the same thing happens to you. Yeah, especially because I have you know um. I have pretty big hairy goals, let's say, you know, <laughs> I want to get to a lot of places and I want to, mm -hmm. I, I mean, the optimal really big goal for me, you know, is like building my own vision software with the company and being innovative in that way that we can help a lot of small SME-like companies uh, integrate vision. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think somehow some... Uh, software or some and even hardware as well is missing for that so I really want to more develop a product in the end mm -hmm. although today it's really difficult to do that because you're just trying to you know let this company already run stable that's already big enough of a job so in that yeah. way I, I really recognize what you're saying you know you come home you, you didn't even have a really bad day but still you feel you're like so far from where you want to be in the end mm -hmm. that, it, exactly. that it feels like oh, damn is this going fast enough? Am I doing the right things to get there eventually? You know, and and then yeah, being doubtful about that. You hit that on the head. That's that's kind of exactly what we're trying to work on. Uh, you know, ourselves. At least I am. Um, and it's a struggle. Some some days are really easy. Some days I feel very very good, and I, I know I'm going at the right pace. And other days I'm like, 
I need to speed things up. I'm not working hard enough. I'm, you know, I'm this, I'm that, trying to correct everything I do. Yeah. So when you have those moments, do you, what do you say to yourself or how do you get through that? Or you just keep saying like, I'm long-term vision. I'll get there. Let me just relax. Enjoy well, the journey. Well, there are two tactics I have for that. I, mm-hmm. One is really focusing just on the last month and just going back through my calendar and seeing like, okay, no, but that day I did a good thing. And that week we managed to finish this project. And, you know, just really clicking back effectively in my calendar and looking mm-hmm. at some success sometimes helps. Uh, the other thing that really works for me and it's kind of stupid is going to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm, I, I really have the feeling that when I'm in a really bad mood and I just go to sleep very early, even at, I don't know, seven, eight or nine in the evening, it really helps me to really gain a lot of energy back. And then the next day I'm, you know, ready to focus again and to to go for it. Uh, and it's, my girlfriend's always laughing at me for this solution because of course it's not a solution it's just going to sleep <laughs> yeah but it is the solution in a way it, you know, it definitely it's, is it's you're taking a rest. That rest yeah i mean definitely the opposite of what i do i'm just like <laughs> like all right i got this let me drink a monster and let me do this all night let me let me let me make sure i feel productive i'm the same way dude yeah. I, I can't when i'm in that state i i struggle to sleep my mind's just going it's like oh there's all these things blah blah, blah. and you know i Lately, I've been actually, thanks to Moses, I started journaling, started writing things down. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's been helping, you know, when I, my mind's running and I just have all these thoughts and just jot something down, get it all out there. And then, you know, that, that gives me something to look back on the next day and then, you know, improve upon it. Yeah, but. exactly. As well, for me, it really also helps to really write by hand and also... I, I got a lot of reaction on that uh, in, the, in the business world because I still have a real notebook with me when I go to meetings mm-hmm. and I really, really write with a hand everything I I'm, Me I'm... too. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole notebook. I came, I came to one of our meetings one day and there was like, you need all that? <laughs> I like, yes. yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a way for me also to, um, in a strange way, gain an overview of the situation. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I have notes to look back at who I really wrote down. Not It's not just text in a Word document or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And and it's it's funny because uh, a colleague of mine, uh, Flora, the other guy, he, he now, he's now copying this way of working since a few, for a few weeks. I still got to ask him how he's doing with it, but I was really proud of him. Like, oh, you bought the notebook. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You definitely got to check in with him. See how he's doing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, I'm curious if you have any other uh, unusual habits or absurd things that you love? <laughs> okay, let's see. So, um, what I do also, I'm very passionate about is music. Uh, I, um, I've been, I have my own band uh, together with a, with a front uh, vocalist, Jeff. Um, we're making uh, Dutch, um, how do you say, is Dutch spoken music? No, is that right? I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah the lyrics are in, are in Dutch, so our native language. Um, and what I really like about it is that it's it's really a two-focused band, you know, with one focus is on making cool pop music, but the other thing is really about writing down lyrics that really make sense and not just the casual, I love you, I miss you, I hate you kind of stuff. <laughs> Taylor uh, Swift? <laughs> <laughs> so, and yeah, because of the coronavirus, of course, uh, all the live gigs were cancelled uh, for more than a year and a half now, so... 
I'm really eager to go back out and, and start playing again with that band uh, and, and also writing some new, new new music because at the moment also the uh, inspiration is kind of very low. And I think mm-hmm. for me, it's really related to the fact that I have the feeling that if I write something now, yeah, no one will hear it because we won't play it live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in that way, I think that's why I think as well, we, we kind of stopped writing music now for a while, which I really miss actually. Mm-hmm. Do you play what about uh, an instrument? Yeah, guitar. Guitar. Oh, okay, awesome. Have yeah. you thought about like creating a studio and just like recording yourself and posting it instead of doing live events? Yeah, yeah. So we've recorded uh, two uh, what's the EPs, you know, small uh, five number, uh, five track numbered um, CD albums um, in in professional studios. Um, and although, you know, the, I have the feeling there's a lot of people think that it's heaven to go to a studio and, you know, record stuff. For me personally, I, I, I'm not really eager to go back, you know. It, it's a thing that has to be done because you want the record, of course, but the process is really, you know, you get really tired of it just because it's so, everything has to be perfect and you have to be mm. in focus all the time. Uh, mm. I think studio work is really a tough job (laughs) i would have never known that okay how do you balance you know making music i know it's been a year and a half so you you've kind of taken a break but i mean it seems like you started the company and you were making music and in a band um and working freelance all at once how did you kind of balance all that was there you set up a schedule (laughs) what was it you know yeah but i'm uh i have this kind of tracking app of this is also it's a I'm doing confessions here. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love I, it. I, here Keep going. <laughs> I have this kind of tracking app on my laptop, which shows me how much hours I've been spending in, on what web pages or on what applications. And the thing that always comes up highest or second highest is just my calendar because I spend so much time planning what I'm going to do to make it all fit in each other and, and you know, combine stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and every time a client or, or a, a distributor or whatever sees my calendar, he's like, whoa, what is this mess? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the name of the app, if you don't mind me asking? Ah, um, wait, I'll check it out. Um, how is it called again? Ah, it's on my... Um... You don't necessarily have to if it's a pain. No, I, I'm not remembering right now, but that's I'll, 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 I'll send it, it to you afterwards. <laughs> I'm sure I can find it, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool, though. So how do you decide on how you plan your days or weeks or months? Well, um, until six months ago, it was really just like what people were asking of me. I was planning that first, and then I was filling up the gaps. Ah, but okay. recently also, because I was... Um, I was with, with this coach talking about that. He said, like, no, you really have to also make your own planning, like what, what days you want to be in the office and what days you want to be at clients. Make that for yourself and then s- schedule what you get in into these days. And actually, that's also helped me a lot to structure my, my days more, saying, okay, no, Monday is a full day in the office. No one can, can touch that. Even the most important client cannot get me to his company on, on Monday morning. Uh and in that way, also gaining some focus, eh? because if you're all the time on the road, I think, yeah, no one, <laughs> no one can run a company like that. It's just too much of travel then. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, has there been an investment that you've made, whether it's time, money, or energy, that's, uh, that's been like worthwhile to you? Mm, let's think. An investment that... Yeah, uh, definitely a good car. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what kind of car do you I, have? A Tesla? <laughs> I, I used to have a I used to have a how do you say this? A van? Like <laughs> that, because it was easy to transport a lot of big stuff around. Yeah. But the, the downside of it was that driving it was more tiresome and also there was kind of background noise all the time from just being the van on the highway. Uh, and mm -hmm. and I, I bought a Volvo, which is a pretty decent car. Uh, mm -hmm. And since then, I, I also noticed that I'm just less tired from driving around a lot. So uh, I, I always were, was thinking, oh, it's so strange that all these sales guys have these big fancy cars. I don't need that. But mm -hmm. I kind of get it now. <laughs> I kind of want it, yeah. <laughs> awesome. I guess we're coming up. We're kind of yeah. close to the end here. Um, so we, uh, we we always ask everybody we interview a certain question, and you know take your time. But if if you were to picture this, you know us four sitting on a couch, flying through space, circling the globe, and there's this big billboard that everyone can see. Mm -hmm. What would you put on that billboard to let everybody know? You know, kind of some advice, something short little excerpt, whatever you live your life by, maybe like a mantra. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything that comes to mind? It's kind of a big question. <laughs> yeah, indeed. It's a... Yeah, because the whole galaxy is going to see that billboard, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it would be uh, a really basic one, uh, but uh, show respect for everyone around you uh, and, and show respect for what they are doing, even if you don't understand it. Yes. That's, that's amazing, man. Phenomenal. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you, uh, Amir. Amir? Amir? Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Taking the time. I've been scared to say it this whole time. I'm like, I'm going to mispronounce it. Right. <laughs> but hey, really, though, thank you very much for joining. Um, thank you guys for having me. This has been an amazing me. episode. Yeah. Thanks so much. And uh, I hope, hope to have you on again, honestly. All right. That would be cool. Yeah. Yes, awesome. it would. <laughs> All right, well, thanks a lot, man. Actually, we'll yep. do one last thing. We'll do. We'll just hand the mic to you if you want to do any last-minute shout-outs, last-minute like quotes, last whatever you want to leave the uh, audience with. And again, thanks for coming on. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think one last thing that I would like to say to the audience is that I think automation is really not threatening any jobs. It's creating new ones and other ones, but not in the end taking away jobs. It's creating jobs, and I think. If everyone starts realizing this and uh, wants to improve, then we're off for a good future. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. You can find all courses at GameDev.tv or in the show notes at a discounted price. Get started with your game development journey today.